Yo. Yo. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired for fuck's sake. Shots fired, yeah. Okay, welcome to Shots Fired. Usually we are joined by Kairos, Chisanga, and G, but you know, we had to make way for the big dog this week. We had to make way for one Michael Venom Page. How are you doing, sir? I'm, I'm, I'm doing well, thank you. Doing well, still working hard. I can see that. Happy New Year, if you can still say that on the, uh, the yeah, second yeah. week of January. <laughs> Anything that's, uh, that can uh, give happiness in, in, in our current climate is uh, it's always, it's always, try to drag it as long as you can. <laughs> and it is a um, topical current climate. I mean, we're going to get to that. But before we bounce into, you know, Obviously, the main topic of discussion here today, and that is your involvement in the Taking the Initiative Party. I just wanted to bring you back to the last time that we spoke. It was on audio and it was just before you faced Ross Houston. I have to say, you sounded very energetic. You sounded very confident and you put in an energetic and confident performance. But just looking at the post-fight interview, Mm -hmm. was that the Michael Venom page that I was speaking to going into the fight that delivered on the night. Not, not at all. I was, um, I was quite annoyed at um, the. I can't really say. I can't really be specific at who uh, to be annoyed at. But if I put Bellator as a collective, just um, because obviously it's the first time they've gone to France, big occasion. Um, that France have actually opened the doors for for MMA, so I really I really uh, was excited to be a part of that, and I, mm. I put on a show that you know, I normally I normally deliver on. Um, but they had to spray the canvas, and I believe it was due to the the, the COVID uh, regulations and so on and so forth. But just before I had come in, they 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 sprayed the canvas, and it was for me it was like an ice rink because uh, of my style of fighting having that um, grip and being grounded on the floor, being able to be as uh, agile as I, as I possibly can be is massively important for my, for my style. Um, and again, just because of the, the canvas being uh, sprayed, it, it literally took that, my whole game away from me. Um, and I just had to resort to uh, plan Z, as I said before. <laughs> um, I literally, you know, if anybody's watched me and followed my career, I've never fought like that ever. And I'm just talking about as a style, you know, I was grounded, I had my guard up and I was kind of just cautiously pressing forward. But I, I literally was worried about with my style, if I was manu- trying to maneuver in the way I would normally, I would have just kept slipping over would have, and that would have put me in a lot more danger. Now, in terms of the quote-unquote animosity and the build-up. Ross Houston was talking the big talk, talking the big game. And, you know, to a certain extent, um, you crushed that kind of like uh, fanboy kind of um, theory out there that Ross was going to pose a, a massive and a big test and you're, 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 you're um, going to get tripped up by this guy. Is that kind of like beef? Is that kind of animosity? If there was any, is that kind of crushed now, or do you and him still have a little bit of a bit of a well chip on your shoulders? No, to be fair, I didn't really have any. Um, I didn't really pay attention to anything that he had said. If he had said anything prior, um, I was I was more just excited about the event. 
uh, to mm. be honest, just because of what it what, what it meant um, for our sport. Um, and no, no, he's he's a lovely guy. No, I met even when I met him before before the fight. Uh, we had a, a nice exchange then. I uh, spoke to him again since, uh, and I've actually been in touch with him a few times as well yeah. after the fight, um, which is actually not, it's not as, uh, that doesn't happen as, as often. Like, uh, we don't, because we don't always travel in the same circles. Uh, our opponents, I'm talking about, it's, it's harder to kind of stay in touch or even want to, you kind of just focus on your own career. Yeah. Um, but Ross is a really lovely person. I've spoken to him and I, and I, and I wish him well. Um, and someone coming in uh, undefeated, he deserves to have that kind of confidence and that uh, going into the fight, uh, you know, uh, I would have as well. So um, those kind of things, yeah, they don't bother me at all. So if you'd allow me, just uh, allow me a little bit of indulgence here. I'm going to play matchmaker. I'm going to put a few matchups to you. Mm-hmm. One of the people um, in the run-up to your fight and for the longest while who has been like talking about you and um, the possibility of actually matching up with you has been Fabian Edwards. Now, we all saw what happened in his last fight. Is a fight mm-hmm. with Fabian Edwards something that attracts you or interests you? Not at all, to be honest. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, zero, zero interest there. Um, just focusing on the, what is it like? Everyone knows the one person I want to kind of fight that I want to get back. Mm-hmm. Um, Outside of that, it's the belt in my division. I'm not not really interested in anything else. And again, just indulging me in terms of matchmaking, obviously your long-standing feud with Paul Daly is something which people wanted to see run back, or some people. Others have like uh, wanted to skip over that one. But I, I take it from what you've said, that doesn't interest you either. Yeah, not really. Um, I was. I, I feel like if he gave the fight that everyone was kind of um, expecting that night. Mm. If he came um, not to try and be tactical, uh, just to get through the competition, if he actually came to fight, um, I think we would have had an amazing show, regardless of whoever won. I think we would have had an amazing show. And let's say, you know, the the result was the same. I'd be more inclined to want to do that again if we had a fight. But... um, uh, if we had a you know a proper fight in the in the first place, but I just don't. I believe he will come in and try to again just be tactical, um, uh, just to claim try to claim a win over me. Um, I think that's that's what's that's what's bugging him more than anything. And to be fair, it's that seems like it's his problem. And for me, uh, I'm good to keep going and, and focus on I'm like again focus on my career. Mm. Final one, Naaman Gracie has been calling you out for the longest while. And just before Christmas, mm. Scott Coker kind of alluded to the fact that that may be your next fight. Does that have any kind of like intrigue or interest for you? Someone like Naaman Gracie? Yeah, definitely a lot more, a lot more than the other, the others. Uh, um, he's, he's done amazing in his Bellator career, done amazing in his, in his MMA career full stop. Um, is just a an absolute beast, but in one area. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and it, that is is very dangerous for absolutely anybody that can kind of come up against him. And it's that it's that old uh, kick kickboxer versus jujitsu type thing. Because um, when he's on his feet, he's in my world. When I'm mm. on the ground, I'm in his world. Um, so it's a uh, that's an interesting matchup, definitely.
Okay, just moving ever so slightly away from mixed martial arts, um, I'm intrigued by something that you said at the tail end of our conversation when we last spoke, and you talked about Black Lives Matter, but specifically you talked about the Taking the Initiative Party, and you said that there'll be more information forthcoming, there'll be more information uh, put out there, and from what I've seen recently, that seems to be taking shape. Just on the Taking the Initiative Party, just talk to me about this, because your name is now being connected and connected quite strongly with this. First of all, mm -hmm. what's your role with the Taking the Initiative Party? Um, I've been uh, uh, privileged to give, be given the opportunity to be on the board uh, and, uh, you know, listening on decisions that potentially going to be made and be a part of that growth because it's, it's definitely going to be you're going to see it growing more and more and get bigger and bigger and it's, 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 it's nice to be there from the ground um, but uh, for me obviously my my expertise is in sports uh, my expertise is in uh, martial arts being more specifically um, and that's what I want to offer uh, in, in this uh, for me martial arts has done so much for me in my life um, I've also taught and run schools and I've seen how it's affected the kids that I've I've, I've taught the the even the adults that I've taught um, and you know the, the hundreds and hundreds and thousands of students that I've I've taught over the years and where they are now I know for a fact having this um, being incorporated somehow uh, we're still trying to figure out exactly where, but whether it's going to be to do with like free classes for, for people, uh, for especially for the young people, um, uh, you know, de developing, giving them almost uh, opportunities in the sporting industry and being that kind of role model and overseeing exactly how they can navigate through to actually, you know, do this for, for a living for themselves, whether it be in just the it could be a the physio side of things. It could be the um, strength and conditioning. It could just be PT. And um, there's multiple opportunities there for a lot of these young youngsters that love sports. Um, but it's just about focusing, focusing them. And that's that's for me personally. That's where I want to um, be most involved in. Uh, and that's what they've kind of you know said to me. This is what they'd be happy for me to be a part of. You know, having cut mini documentaries with you and having done them in your environment where you were thriving and that was we visited a school where you actually worked and saw you obviously interacting in the school environment it's obvious that you care yeah. about communities in particular the youngsters but i just interested in the stage before that i know that you were pictured at the black lives matter um movement mm -hmm the march in the summer or last summer, we're talking mm -hmm. about 2020. Mm -hmm. Was that the kind of catalyst that made you think about getting involved in a political entity? What was it I'm looking for, like the springboard into the Taking the Initiative mm -hmm. Party? Uh, I feel like, uh, especially on, on social recently, I've been a bit more vocal about how, kind of where I stand with a lot of things that are going on. And to it, it it was just really bugging me that, and even up till now, the, the, the steps that are being taken, uh, I, I genuinely feel is a lot more damaging. Uh, and, but we don't seem to have a say, we don't seem to have a, a true voice and we don't seem to have a true representation of the working class. 
to actually get our, our voices in terms of how these things are affecting us. Um, it's, so it, I think it's over this time, I've really been, I think just because I've been, it's, it's emotionally affected me watching how it's affected other people loved ones that I know close to me and people further that you know just in passing when I'm talking to them and how how these things are affecting their lives and they're telling me um then coming across TTIP and listening to exactly their their mission statement exactly what they're trying to achieve and giving the working class a platform to actually instead of not it's for me it's not just about the marches that's great we can draw draw some attention but I always say the same thing. Even when I was there, I was speaking to quite a few people. I said, yeah, you know, this is great, but what's next? What is next? Because, and I knew it was going to be that type of thing. It's a, it's a where it's, it's a bit of a, it was a bit of a fad at the time. You know, some people just jumped on board because it's, you know, it's, it was something to do. It's something everyone was talking about and people are getting involved. But a lot of those people that were very massively vocal in that time are now, you don't have the other not saying anything. Well, they're not doing anything, which is more important. Um, and for me, it was that was me asking the question, even to myself. So, what do I do now? So, what, what, you know, I'm I'm not out searching to figure out who can I partner with, what what where can I best, you know, serve this purpose that we know we're trying to achieve. And uh, like I said, speaking to the guys uh, at the Take Your Initiative Party, it, it was just it was just perfect. Uh, it kind of fell into place. And um, I'm just really excited about the work that we're doing uh, and the work that we're going to be doing in the future. So I've obviously jumped to the conclusion and having done a little bit of research about the party, it's underpinned by politics, right? Uh So you are involved now in a political party. You talked very briefly there about the damage. When you look at people like Lewis Hamilton, when you look at people like... Um, well, the sports figures of, of this world, I'm thinking specifically about um, Anthony Joshua. Figures like that, getting involved in politics, putting their head above the parapet, they tend to grate against their fan base. They tend to lose fans. You, and I know that you are a fan favorite. Are you not like, um, obviously apprehensive because of the repercussions that you now face given that you are now involved in a political party? Yeah, you know, and that's, that's actually a good, good question, but what I would kind of put back to yourself, if you've seen how I am as a character when, when performing, if I genuinely cared about people's opinions, I wouldn't even do that. <laughs> do, you, do you understand what I mean, though? Like, yeah. my style is, can be very infuriating. You know what I mean? Some people can look at it and be like, be wild by it, but then there is the other half. Mm. Um, that it's they're not. It's not just like ah oh, no, I'm not. I, I'm not a fan. They're like they genuinely don't like me. They you know they think I'm this. They think I'm that. They they have quite a lot to say on the other side as well. Now, again, if I cared too much about those those kind of things, I, there's a lot that I just wouldn't do. But um, I know to myself uh, the effects uh, and the positive effects that I can actually give being a part of this party and what the party can do and and it as long as they are true to what they've you know delivered on so far and what their and, and what their plans are 
then I'm, I'm happy to support them 100% in spite of uh, losing fans. Um, that's 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 something else for me. That, that I don't I don't need fans to do what I what I do, but I appreciate fans that appreciate what I'm doing. You know, breaking down TTIP, taking the initiative party, it is such an apt name because it falls within a space which doesn't exist at the moment. The government aren't taking the initiative specifically on free school meals. We've seen the paltry rubbish that these children are having delivered. Is this an area where the Taking the Initiative Party are gonna get involved and in being quite vocal about nutritious meals in particular, but children's education and betterment and advancement in general? If you see some of the stuff that we're actually doing already, again, the, our main focus at the moment, because we, we have to take it bit by bit, um, is in the Croydon and Sutton area and Croydon and Sutton community. And if you've seen and heard about uh, Croydon uh, going bankrupt, the actual community, the, the community itself is actually, they're not, they're not giving back to their own community. They're, they're, they're taking from the community mm. and not uh, putting those funds back into further help and develop they there's also um they said there's the, the most gangs in the whole of europe uh are in croydon which is insane i did, I did not know these kind of things and even that just kind of highlighting those kind of things it makes you understand why we are needed but we're doing we're already doing um food delivery services already right. so regardless of regardless of what the government were doing um, led by uh, Sasha, she's uh, a force to be reckoned with. She's like, no, we're gonna we're gonna make it happen anyway. And this is where I feel like people need to understand is instead of constantly looking up at the government saying, you know, can you do this and can you do that? Let's go out and do it ourselves. We have the power to do that. Mm. And 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 now we're building a community that can make these decisions for ourselves. It's fine. Like you, the government's not willing to put their hand in their pocket, but we'll do it ourselves. Up until and while we're doing that, we're also fighting the government to make sure that they put their hands in their pocket and do what's best for the communities and do what's best for these kids. So we're doing, we're working on both sides. And just on, you know, getting in there and not waiting for actually taking the initiative and not waiting for the government to actually get behind you. How can actually people or how can people actually access your service? Is it an online thing where they actually sign up? How does someone like myself in East London have access yeah. to this? Not that I need it, but I'm just saying, for example. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the best way, well, even at, at, at present right now, we're actually running a um, Zoom meeting. This is open to the public uh, for uh, talking about mental health during this time, because that is massive. Mm. And even a, a person in my position, shall I say, you realize how these things can take a toll on you um even being in say a bit more privileged position uh I, i've got i've got access to a gym you know that things that people don't have right now and yeah. it's still it still can it can be difficult and that's for me so I, I couldn't even imagine people that are you know not not being able to come out come out their their house or not exercise or not all these things that they would normally be able to almost distract uh um just to shut themselves with unable to do so mental health is uh is a, is a massive issue at the moment um so we have a lot of zoom meetings that i'm going to be promoting myself as well um you can go on to uh www.ttip.org.uk and you'll find our mission statement there you'll find all of our information and again you can be updated 
uh, with all the events that we're going to be running, um, and again, all the Zoom meetings that we're going to we're going to be taking place, in, and you can be involved in it. Listen in. It could be a case of you know what from your house, going to jump on one of the Zooms, and I just want to hear what these guys are about mm. first. You know, there's there's no there's no pressure into doing anything. I just want to listen in, and if this is if there's something that if I'm hearing things that you know what I actually it resonates with me. I, I, I really do believe in what these guys are saying. Then, you know, from there on, you can, you can kind of ask what, what steps do you need to take? And, you know, you just mentioned a, a very key and integral part of your, your armory there. And that's Sasha Johnson. I think you alluded to her earlier. You talking about Sasha, Sasha yep. Johnson, right? Yep. Um, yeah. Yeah. One of the key concerns, um, a lot of people have voiced about the Take Initiative Party is the inclusion of Sasha Johnson, because I just want to bring up a quote for you. She was alleged to have said, and she hasn't been able to defend herself because she's no longer in the space where this was said. Apparently on Twitter, this screen cap that I'm reading from now, and I'll quote verbatim, the white man will not be our equal, but our slave. History is changing. Now, first off, did she actually say that? Um, you know, honesty, I couldn't even quote on that myself because mm. I haven't even, I, this is the first I'm actually hearing of it personally. Right. Um, uh, one thing I would say about her, she is massively passionate about what she's doing. Massively passionate. Um, and, everyone, you know, we've been approached before, like, you know, well, having her involved, is that a good thing? But for yeah. me... We're about the working class and from all angles there. And there's always going to be extremes in, in every case. Um, some people are, you know, all I'm asking for is just this. Some people are like, no, like, you know, I'm, I'm fed up and we want that. But we, our job is to listen to absolutely everybody. Mm. Our job is to uh, cover all angles, regardless of, of their opinions. It's, it doesn't mean that everything that, that is said means that that's what we're going to be go, going to do. It does mean, though, that we're willing to listen to absolutely everybody, regardless. And it's, it's not just about uh, Sasha, it's everybody that's involved, anybody in the working class, which I believe Labour kind of started off that way. And I feel mm. like they've kind of lost touch with that. Um, and even the people that are representing, again, it, there's nobody that I can look at there that I can be like, yeah, that's that's me. You know, I, I can see that they 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 come from the same struggles and they they've experienced this. There's nobody I'm looking at that that's that's involved in in, in that party. Um, but again, with the taking initiative party, it's it's a mixture of everybody, a mixture of everybody, and that's and that's the important thing. It's allowing the people that don't get their voices heard, uh, allowing them to be heard. And I believe it's important for someone like Sasha to be involved. And just on, you know, those voices that aren't heard, one of the exciting things for me when I saw your face attached to this was that I had a feeling, and maybe you can put me right, maybe you can manage my expectations here, but I had a feeling that Black people's views and issues would be at the forefront of what you'd be doing, what you'd be defending, what you'd be putting forward. And I just wondered, considering that there is this disenfranchisement of Black people and politics, is that one of your aims and objectives to galvanize the black vote as it were, or to have more of a voice for black people, especially in the UK? Yes, I think I represent a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of the people that watch me out there, the young, young black guys, 
uh, again, from all the communities that I come from, they again they see my style and they again like it or love it or hate it, but they 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 can they can see it. And I feel like I need to be the example. Um, one thing that I was never taught in school was really uh, politics, and I think even that in itself, it's going to be such a major part of your life. And yet, in the school system, they don't have it there available to you. So, so where else do they get access to this other than it just affecting them when they live day to day? So I feel like having people like myself and encouraging other sports stars and musicians and so on and so forth, people that all these youngsters are going to be listening to and watching and making it a norm that politics is something that we get into, then they'll start looking into these things themselves from a younger age. They're like, oh, yeah, you know, MVP's doing it you know, uh, Stormzy and, you know, this person and that person, all these people, they, they're, all, they're all involved in politics. It's, that's the mm. norm now. Mm. We need it to become the norm so youngsters don't feel a way about investigating in uh, these things and uh, and signing up to vote and voting. It's not, I, I, I genuinely, from the, most of my life was like, I don't need to vote. And that was the ignorance that I had. But again, if I haven't been involved in politics, I don't even really understand it. And even there's so much more even today that I'm learning. I'm like, wow, okay, is that how it works? Oh, okay, I did not know that. And for me, that's a shame. <laughs> that's a shame. I think we should all at least have the understanding of what's going on in terms of decisions that are being made and being aware of these decisions so we can, again, try to do something and put an action in yourself to affect that change and potentially do it in your favour. I mean... Just on that and on action and empowerment, one of the things that you said earlier intrigued me and I wanted to get your take and your angle on it and you may well be doing something specifically on this, but the Forever family, which I'm sure you're familiar with, they were um, black clad, they had the Stapri fests on and they were marching. One of their key tenants, one of their key kind of like aspirations, not just empowerment, but making sure that you know the black community the black community can defend themselves does mm -hmm. defense come in in any way shape or form in what you're trying to actually instill within the party as well 100% so for example now uh within the uh, some jewish communities they have their own police force yeah um and i think it's it's you feel more comfortable uh, when it's people that you can just genuinely feel more familiar with. It's not a them and us situation anymore. And I think it's important for us to, one of the things we want to, you know, eventually build, these are, these are all going to be long-term goals. It's going to be a, a hard battle. But these kind of things are going to encourage more people that are from the working class getting involved in the police force from the young in the, from the black community getting involved in the police force and feeling confident and being represented in a a, a positive light and being accepted from because again one of the uh, especially from being the areas that i was from gonna be being a police officer <laughs> immediately disassociated <laughs> we don't want to be your friend anymore and that's these are the kind of things that we need to change just educating the youngsters no, we need more of you involved so we can affect that change. So you are the person now stopping another young black person, you know, another young black woman or uh, a black woman or man. And you understand, no, no, we're going to do it the correct way. We're going to, we're not going to um, be physical unnecessarily. We're going to 
um, user. Uh, one thing that I feel like a lot of the police tend to struggle with a couple of things, but um, is being able to communi communicate effectively. Yeah, I don't necessarily understand the slang, uh, and it can come come out a bit more harsh if I don't understand it. And yeah. a lot of these guys also, because of what's being pumped in the media, they tend to be fearful. So they go into these areas already scared. And then you're, you're listening to someone that you don't really understand and, uh, and from a place of fear. And it's yeah. only going to, it only helps ignite a negative response. But again, if it is our, our own, shall I say, going in, uh, and you, somebody that is more familiar, somebody that I can actually talk to on a bit more level, I can calm you down a little bit, a lot easier. And things just don't necessarily need to escalate at all. But we have a, we have a both sides have a, a, a respect for each other. It's going to take time. It is really is going to take time. But it is important that, as you say, we do address these things. Um, is these 100% all the uh, things that we're looking to, to, to push for and help uh, change? Because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you are as well, but I'm sick of the tired. Even today, I heard a, a, about a horrible story in Cardiff. Um, and I'm sick and tired of hearing it now. Like, re I really am. Uh, and we do need to change this. I mean, just in terms of changing the narrative, um, for me, one of the biggest projects that I've been involved with um, over the last few months has been anti-knife crime. Is there an angle to what you're doing now that incorporates anti-knife crime? Because I know that um, a good friend of ours, Jimmy Manua and uh, Leon Edwards, and I believe Darren Till were putting together an initiative. Is anti-knife crime on your radar as well? It has to be because it's 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 so damaging in our community at the moment. Um, to be fair, a lot of the reasons why I would go into schools, um, set up programs and so on and so forth, is to try to help refocus. To be fair, uh, something Akala said as well is you don't see the successful uh, youngsters involved in too much craziness because they're successful. So we have to find a way for them to be successful in their own right. And it makes it, it, it peels them away from the struggles of their community because you have, you actually now have something to live for. A lot of these youngsters don't have anything to live for. And it's a case for me, again, from my angle, going into that community, as I said at the beginning, getting them into martial arts classes just to kind of get their focus, draw, instead of them being out uh, in the public at that time, they're coming in to do some training, um, and then refocusing them, giving them a purpose. So now it's like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want to actually uh, become a professional in, in the sport? Uh, yes, no. Okay, next way you might want to just work on sports science, and I can give you that angle. You become a, you know, a, a bodybuilder or a fit. There's so many different angles that fitness can kind of help refocus people yeah. uh, and our youngsters. And I, I, I honestly don't understand why we don't have a some form of martial arts any in schools um again like i said it's massively helped who i am and build who i am uh, and i've been in all the worst areas and yet never been involved in all of this stuff simply because i had another reason to something else to drag me away from it so you, you kind of you build another peer group that you respect and instead of getting oh yeah let's come and do this it's like you know what i prefer to disappoint you than to disappoint them so and I, I want to try and set these things up for a lot, a lot of the youngsters. And you, you spoke like, again, briefly there about 
the police and police interaction. Is that something that you're looking to build as a bridge in terms of a party with the police? I know you're going to carry on doing what you're doing in spite of the police, but does an element of police training, is that something that's kind of um, incorporated within what you're doing? Because a lot of the issues, the problem is down to institutional racism, yes, but it's down to yeah. like poor training and fear. Yeah. Now, yep. those three elements, they are a powder keg. Is, is this something that you're looking at? You know what? Yes. Um, for me personally, this is one of the things that I I wanted to actually go in. And I've actually done as a youth. So when I, I think it was, I was probably about 14, 15, and I went into a, um, a, a I went in on this course called the Black Police Association. Oh, right. And it was a... It was, uh, this is when we, uh, I did it for a few years and then we actually developed and started our own uh, group called the Young Black Police Association. And this was, this was again, many years ago. So the whole purpose was to get young ethnic youths to understand the police and vice versa. Mm. So we went into the, uh, into Hendon police training uh, facilities and we would work with them center. during their training. Yeah. And um, like, we would like, Oh, is it? Yeah. He was an electrician. <laughs> he wasn't he was he wasn't a copper, but anyway. Okay, yeah. So but we would all these kids would um it, it towards the end of the week, at first you see everybody's backs up like you're you're around, surrounded by police. I'm not I don't want to be here. Yeah. And towards the end, you start to have a bit more of an appreciation. Not only are we helping them train and how and explaining to them how we feel when you you approach a certain way. Um, we're also, we was also being educated on how a stop and search should go, what they should be covering mm. and things that you should say. And just having that power, if a police officer approaches you and you even not even sound like, you know what you're saying, it takes it. I feel like it takes a different turn immediately. I have to respect you because you seem to know what you're talking about. So I now have to make sure that I'm on my P's and Q's and I'm doing my job ex exactly. But I feel like when you don't know what's uh, what to say to police officers when you're being approached and so on and so forth. Um, you tend to just be irritated that you're even being stopped. And then again, your responses can be, can almost incite more negativity. Yeah. So we look at, we were looking at it from, from both sides, but even from that experience years ago, it's always something that I wanted to go back into because I still feel their training or the, the training to become a police officer is not enough <laughs> it's not enough at all mm. um and I'm, I'm being nice and even down to their physical training even if i can be a part of that one thing that a lot of people in my years of combat have all said is um every time i've met a fighter they're just so calm they're so nice and it's and you know they're not they're not they're not over uh, uh or you know especially with my style they always expect me to be like that just walking around on, on the road um but when you have the power mm. to know that you could uh, physically do better than most people walking around, you don't walk around with a chip on your shoulder. Yeah. There's, no, there's no need. You feel empowered as a person. And I feel like if I, if I can get into the police force and do intense training and show them what, you know, like really push them, show them how they should be subduing somebody if they had to in a safe way, not just brute force and swinging because you become you put you you end up becoming a just 
well, you're just another person on the street fighting because you don't know moves. You don't know uh, if I had to take somebody down, I'm going to do it, especially yeah. if you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, but do you know what I mean? So these are the things that we I want to try to uh, start. Well, we're going to try to start working. We have to figure out a way. They have to open the door as well. We have to meet halfway. Um, and they have to be willing to understand that what they're doing currently is wrong. And so many people hate, <laughs> so many people hate admitting uh, a flaw, which I don't, I don't I see is a problem. Um, if we made a mistake on anything, it's like, yep, yeah, you know what? We shouldn't have done it this way. Best, uh, best uh, course of action now is to do this. Yeah. Um, even uh, in the uh, Pierce Morgan, Matt Hancock, uh, um, uh, video conference that they had uh, was it today or the, it was, the day it was before? This morning, yeah. This morning, yeah. He couldn't even admit that me voting against something and now changing your mind is for me, regardless of your reason. You voted against it. You've mm. now come. You now seem to be on side. Then say, yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong to vote for that. Uh, you know, I had my reasons. Uh, not willing to share them. I had my reasons, but. I'm glad that, you know, we're now on this page. But he couldn't even say that. And I find that that's such a flaw in humanity, it seems to be at the moment, especially all these uh, these uh, high profile, uh, high influence, uh, influences in, within the government. They should be able to admit if they've made a mistake. And that was definitely a mistake. Unfortunately, just to give you a little bit of insight and knowledge, I worked for government for 25 years and there's an ethos and there is a mantra of the MPs never back down, never apologize. You will never hear an apology, an outright apology, because that's the mm. mantra. But speaking of mantras, um, I wanted to get your take on Patrick Hutchinson. Now, Patrick Hutchinson, as you know, was the chap who was photographed quite iconically, and this was flashed around the world, saving an ex-police officer, I believe he was a British transport police officer. Anyway, an ex-police officer from a crowd during the uh, BLM protest. What's your view on that standpoint, mm -hmm. that kind of like savior mentality, regardless of his ethos? He was with a racist group, got separated from them, but was still save worthy. What's your take on that? It, this for me he breaks up the them and us situation we're not trying to make it a them and us situation mm. we're trying to say from this standpoint we're unhappy with certain things that you guys are doing and i feel like that needs to be changed but us acting exactly the same as you guys doesn't change anything at all and yeah. um in, in in that situation I'd like to think I'd do exactly, exactly, exactly the same thing, regardless. I, you could have been shouting at me two minutes before. In that moment, I, and I always try to remind people, regardless, skin, color, height, weight, we're all human, regardless of any of that. So, uh, and, and some bad behavior is bad behavior. I, I, I'll, never, I'll never agree to it um, or condone it. So he was 100% right for, to, to do what he did. And should be applauded for it. But again, he's still, after that point, is still against what these guys are about. It's, it's, it's voicing your opinion and then doing the right thing is two different things. So Patrick Hutchinson represents one organization. There's the Forever Family, there's BLM, and then there's the Taking the Initiative Party. Is there a space now? Because I think that what we are really terrible as, uh, as 
black organizations, black people in general is working together. Is there any space for them within what you're doing and to work more collaboratively with other organizations? I'm sure that I'm, I'm, I'm very sure that there is. Um, to what degree or how, how it will come about, it's not gonna be me down to me solely at all. Um, I'll probably be in, involved in those those meetings as to say, um, you know, what 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 I my thoughts are, but a hundred percent I I completely agree with you. I think in uh, with these uh, groups, it tends to be short lived because they're not able to work together. Mm. Um, hopefully, um, with the TTIP being a political party, it will allow everybody to come in, voice their opinion, and us come to collectively come together with what the best decision at the time. It might not be exactly what you wanted, but because we're now being a bit more political, it, it, we, we can actually keep everybody together and almost be impartial to the smaller things, but get your, get your opinion. What, what, how can we help your group? How can we help your group? Okay, this is where we're gonna, this is where we land. You know, can we, can we work together on this? And I think having uh, somebody to, to mediate that is going to help a lot for a lot of these organizations that have popped up or and disappeared to actually pop up, stay, and then actually work together and hopefully become one big uh, uh, force to be reckoned with. You know, forgive me if I'm being the eternal optimist, but a lot of what we've spoken about in terms of your aspirations, because that's what's underpinned all of these questions, mm-hmm. do tend to be or have kind of like focused on the short to medium term and that is six to 18 months then what at the end of the 18 months what's your future plans what is your focus what is the end goal here this is it's going to be like i said it's going to be bit by bit for example at the moment like i said we're focusing on the Croydon and Sutton councils um we want to try and position somebody uh for 2022 uh, to be mayor um, and slowly roll out. If we'll utilize Croydon, if we when we when we do, when we start to implement uh, the things that we want to implement, and we see the changes, mm. we'll then take that to different communities and build again from there. People would have heard what we're doing again. Croydon is a difficult place to start, a very difficult place to start. Um, but we're you know we're we're confident because we understand uh, because we all come from these these areas and areas that I like, you know, like similar to Croydon. And then from there, we'll slowly build, build out. It's gone, like I said, it's one, one step at a time, one step at a time. And it could change as we're going along. Okay, we, we've now pushed to here. Now we want this over here. We need to start working, working that way. Um, but it's very difficult to see because things, especially now, things are changing so rapidly day by day, uh, week by week. It's, it's very hard to navigate through, through the fog. And if you forgive me, I, I feel that fog is going to get quite thick because I'm sure that you would have seen that not a lot has actually changed for black youth, black people in the UK since those BLM marches. Nothing has changed except the date. So I do feel as though, as I, as I mentioned, your job is going to be fruitful but it's not going to be over in say six to 12 months this is like you're in there for the long haul I mean Mm -hmm. just just you know focusing on that on that long haul what would be success for you what would be 
okay, we've arrived. We are actually making waves here. What, what, what does success look like for the Taking the Initiative Party? Um, it's, that's, it's, that's a very good question. It's a difficult one to say because I feel like there's always something to then achieve, something to then uh, battle against, something to then overcome. Um, but again, for the for the near future, I feel like, especially in specific areas, it's the crime rate bringing that down. It's the like I said, the relationship between police force and youth not feeling so much as a them and us. They, people just understand that they're there to do a job and they actually stand by the job that they're doing and understand a lot of times as well. These guys don't even know their own, uh, what's in their own job description and what, what, and this is what I'm saying about them not being um, fully trained. They yeah. should know everything inside and out, uh, back to front and and stand by it because it's there to, and, and understand that they're there to, to protect us, not, anything else they're there to to protect the people that they're governing and that they're serving um schools i i would like to do a lot more in the schools like i said i would love to see uh some kind of martial art this is from my personal opinion some uh some kind of martial arts involved in schools to help uh focus kids attention and keep them i think it does just having a focus anything regardless of what it is it could be could be dance it could be music when people have that focus I've seen it for myself um, it does change them and regardless of what they may be going home to they have something to hold on to that's positive that keeps them coming back um, but also like I said the fact the fact that schools are not teaching kids about life and how to do well and uh, uh, be successful in life I remember I, I was actually running a company a small company um, and still didn't fully understand what taxes were. <laughs> and I'm like, that's crazy. I had to kind of just figure it out as I was going, as I was going along. And that's scary um, mm. for, uh, for, for me at, at the time. But in general, I feel like the school systems are not teaching us what is necessary for when we leave. Which is not, and I've seen, uh, I've, I've, I've worked both in private schools and public schools. And there's a massive difference. There definitely is a massive difference in what's being taught on one side to the next. Schools, I think, is a, a massive one, uh, massively important. Um, uh, just more helping a lot of young youngsters become entrepreneurs as well. Mm. I think that gives them, again, another, another meaning for life, uh, being able to provide for themselves and do something that they're passionate about, whatever it is. Uh, is going to help them stay away from the unnecessary uh, and just, yeah, push more success into these communities uh, instead of just hearing the, the same old stories. I think the less and less that we start to hear about it, uh, about these things, and the more and more we start seeing positive, uh, you know, pos hearing positive stories in our communities is when I feel like we're, we're on our way to success. Amazing. Just before we wrap up, one of the things, again, that kind of uh, acts as a stumbling block and basically dissolves a party is funding. Are you solid enough in your funding? I mean, is this something that people need to help with? Do you guys need donations, contributions? How are you actually funded? How are you actually managing finances at the moment? Uh, at the moment, we're, we're a 
conglomerate of a lot of different businesses as well. Um, even me personally, I'll put my own money into making certain things happen. Happen, and like that. this is why I say, while we're trying to push the government to do do the right thing, we'll just get on with it ourselves. By hook or by crook, no matter how how we, however we need to make it happen, we will make it happen. Um, there's a lot of successful business businessmen and women that are involved in our in our community, right. um, and there's specific people positioned within within our party that is, you know, okay, we need this. This is how we're going to work for it, and you know, everyone just kind of gets on board. Uh, are you able to to help out here? Yes, everyone kind of gets on board, and I'm sure yes. Later on, we may we may need uh, a help or on and every little bit of help. Um, it, it, any any little thing helps. But for now, uh, one thing that I'm proud of, this is one of the reasons why I'm proud of being involved in this kind of thing is because we're all pushing in the same direction and happy to spend out of our own pockets to do so. Because um, it's important. So every time I have a fight, I'm excited to, not just for, for, for the fight, to come back and be like, okay, where, what, what, can I, what can I do now? What can I help with what I've just done? Nice. I've just earned. How can I help? You know, what 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 can we put back in? Um, and I think that that needs to be that needs to become the norm as well. Uh, you know, the more people that we start bringing in, the more uh, influencers that we start bringing in as well. They need to also know that it's there's going to be a commitment to themselves. But yes, I'm sure there's going to be. Um, I don't want to misquote anything, but I'm sure they're going to be uh, like maybe crowdfunders if necessary. Um, however, we need to do it to, to make it but again, just come in. If you if you like the sound of what we're doing, then be a part of it. And being a part of it doesn't necessarily mean even putting your hand in your pocket. You could just come and show up at an event. If you can even you know help us out at an event, all these little things help. I mean, just on everything being connected and, you know, people being able to help. Are there any plans to um, have any overseas linkages? Because I would have thought the journey, the aspirations and what you're trying to do has resonance with our brothers and sisters overseas. I mean, just on that, I just wanted to get your take on what's actually transpired overseas. I mean, you would have seen the storming of the of the Capitol <laughs> building. What's your take on yeah. that? Uh, I think it's a, a similar take on what a lot of people have said. It's a, it was a very different response to when we were um marching yeah very different response um but at the same time there's there's positive and negative in everything there's a lot of uh conspiracy theories as well about the people that are involved in the marches purposely trying to ignite violence mm. and and draw uh a like negative attention to something that's uh, supposed to be very positive um yeah, I, I, me personally, I genuinely feel like the, the world is going a bit uh, <laughs> upside down <laughs> at the moment. Um, but sometimes, you know, there has to be a bit of chaos before there is uh, peace. There's yeah. a bit of order, yeah. Um, and we are definitely going through that chaos at the moment. <laughs> uh, and yes, but to, to bring back to your question, um, 100%, there political system is very different, ex extremely different. So yes, we are going to, we are going to have to make uh, connections over there, but fully understand exactly where we can, how to navigate through that political system. It's, it's, a, it's a different beast altogether. Yeah. Um, and I think it's more important at present to make sure uh, we fully understand and they are, are successful 
with what we're doing over here mm. and then figure out how we're going to mimic elsewhere by 100 percent, yeah so this this party is forever is 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 worldly we would like to uh to to see um uh the effects of our party in other places in the world but for right now like i say it's, it's one step at a time um focus on what we're doing here get it right get the system in place actually affect the change that we want to affect and then look to to mirror that just before I wrap up, how can people actually help financially? Is there a website they can go to? Is, are there donations yeah. that they can make? Where can all of this happen? Again, I, I, I've you know, been told as well, just get people through the door and literally go on to ttip.org.uk mm-hmm. um, and firstly see if there is anything in there one that you would even like to add one that is that something you're familiar with and you're like you know I, I could probably even help in that area um and just help with your services we're willing we're willing to open the door to absolutely everybody to make sure because i one thing i um again with all these guys that i'm working with happy to be fact checked happy to be um corrected and happy to change. We're not doing the same thing that you were talking about. Uh, these guys are no, we never, never apologize. And it, nah, no, 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 no. We are human. We will make mistakes here and there. We'll admit those mistakes. We'll correct those mistakes and we'll push mm-hmm. forward. And I think, that's, I think that's, that's, that's the difference. Just come on board, go to the website, first things first. Try to get onto one of our meetings. You can have you can even put input. You know, you know everyone usually says their bit at the beginning, uh, and then they open the floor. If you have something that you want to say, say it, please. We want everyone's voices to be heard. We'll be jotting down notes and then seeing if we can affect change. And then from there, ask the question: How else can I help? And and we we'll, we will guide you. We will guide you from there. But the first thing is just get through the door. Just open the door. See see what you like. Michael Venom Page, this has been a fantastic canter through what I feel, and I'm sure, you know, a lot of people watching will feel is an important journey and a turning point, hopefully, for a lot of people um, who you're going to affect. So I just wanted to take this opportunity to thank you, because originally we were booked just for 20 minutes. We're now just past an hour. And I wanted to thank you so much (laughs) for your candidness and for your time. Really appreciate that, my brother. Yeah, no, thank thank you for having me. And I think it's a, it's great that you are you picked up on, you know, these things and you want to draw attention to it. Uh, so yeah, thank you. <laughs>